Hi, we here at Grace Life would love to help you discover Jesus' unconditional love and grace for you. We pray that this message will be a blessing to you and further establish you in the truth of God's Word. I want to get into the Word because I'm very excited about it this morning. And uh, the, the title of my message, if you will, is more than a manger more than a manger so let's just close our eyes father we thank you that we can celebrate here together that we can celebrate christmas and that we've got more than a manger that we can celebrate we thank you that jesus came the eternal one the sacrifice for all sins for all men for all time and we just open our hearts right now to receive your word thank you holy spirit that you are here and as the word says, that you lead us, that you guide us into all truth in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just love Christmas. Who loves Christmas? <laughs> well, there's obviously some sad things about Christmas, especially if you're missing dear ones or loved ones or you're not with family. And uh, we, we, we understand that and we pray for you in this time. And we even minister along those lines in the build-up to Christmas often. But Christmas is, is such a great time to be together. It's, the, it's a great time to focus on Jesus. It's a great time to celebrate family, church family, um, like I said, blood relatives, uh, whatever the family is in your world. It's a great time to, to, to minister on that. But I just really feel stirred up in the, the card that we gave you with your, your Kit Kat, our little gift to you, is uh, Isaiah 9 and verse 6. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And then it goes on. But what I've realized is a lot of people stop there. That's where, where, where Christianity, that's where Christmas, that's where it stops for them. And you know what? The world doesn't have a problem with that. They will celebrate Jesus, the baby. They clean it up nicely. I don't know if you realized. When I watched this video now, I realized it was messy. It, was, it wasn't. The, the, the shepherds aren't the nice ones we see on the, on the checkish shelves, you know, like, or on a Christmas market that's made out of nice carved wood. It's, it's the outcast, it's the people, the, the, the unseen, the unloved, the unwanted, like that video so greatly explained to us. But there's more to it. And that's why on the card here we said Christmas is only the start of the story. Amen? Because yes, Jesus came as a baby, but there's something more that we should celebrate, and that's the risen Christ. Amen? So we celebrate Jesus because if He didn't come, He couldn't come back. <laughs> if he didn't come and be born in the, in, in the flesh, he couldn't die and be raised again and be risen up and be poured, pouring out the Spirit on us. Amen? But we need to realize how far the story goes because in this world, people will celebrate Christmas, but you take them to the gospel of the risen Christ and now you need to hand over your life and give over and, and have forgiveness for your sins because you are not as good as you think you are. Well, guy, I don't want that. Well, well, that's what Christmas is about. <laughs> that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to set the captives free. And He didn't set them free in the manger. There's more to it. Last week, uh, we spoke about the waters of the well of Bethlehem. And uh, I was uh, really blessed by my own message. So I went and listened to it again. And I want to encourage you to do so because it really links in very nicely. Because the waters of the well of Bethlehem is what happened in David's life. But it's so prophetic about Christ. And it wasn't just that the water was gained and given to, 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 um, to David, but what we really celebrate as Christians, if we understand what that means, is the poured out Spirit on us. Amen? So in the pre-service, I told the team, don't expect a, a normal Christmas message. 
Okay? But I think by now, um, if you've been here before, you don't expect anything normal. And if you're a visitor, you'll be okay, I promise. Amen. So, I, I thought I was preparing my first message for next year already. Okay? And I'll show you why now. And then I felt God say, but okay, that's not for next year. I'm still going to give you something for next year. Last week, I thought I was preaching my Christmas message. And then I was like, God, should I hold back a little? Because there's some good stuff in there. I mean, waters from the well of Bethlehem will preach on Christmas Day. That will be awesome. And you link it with the manger and the bread of life and the water. And I just realized with God is just give what you've got. Amen. Just pour it all out. Because he's going to give you fresh bread tomorrow. Amen. We don't store up manna because then it rots. We gather every day fresh manna. And that's really for you as well. We don't have to have church on a Sunday for you to gather manna. Amen? The bread of life. But you need to gather manna. You can be in church and miss it. Okay? Just because I'm preaching doesn't mean you're listening. I had to make peace with that. (laughs) Because uh, we still need to do the work of the Lord. Amen? Habakkuk 2 verse 2. Now you'll see why I thought this was a New Year's message. Because it speaks about vision. It says, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Who's ever heard that on a vision Sunday or a vision message? Well, let's declare the vision of the Lord. Amen. Then verse 3, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it, because surely um, it will surely come. It will not tarry. Now, I have a problem with any verse that we apply and not bring it to Jesus. Because then I think we're misinterpreting it, or we're only getting a little juice out of the lemon, you know? You need to squeeze all of it until you get to Jesus in every verse of the Bible, specifically of the Old Testament. So I had a problem with this verse. Because you can preach it and a natural man can understand it. Make the vision clear. Vision statement, mission statement, let's change the world. Okay, we need to be different. Amen? There's more to life. Jesus says, or, or the Jesus life is the much more life. So if anyone else in the world without Jesus can read this and understand it, then I'm like, Lord, but what is the spiritual interpretation of this? So firstly, it's not just, if you read the the, the Hebrew there, it's not just that people read and run. It is twofold. It is that those who run can see something and run faster or keep on running, and that those who are not yet running will be stirred up to start running. Okay, so that's the, the verb part of this, this verse. And we saw it with the shepherds. Some were already looking for the Messiah and some weren't. But when they saw the vision, when they heard the message, they started running. Amen? They started, what, what did that guy say? I was almost in tears. I held it back. I'm, tr- I'm proud of myself. The world needs to know about this. The world needs to know about this. Why? Why did he say that? He said that because he saw something okay so this is not a vision just of what the future will look like this is not a vision statement verse at all so sorry for all the preachers that that said that to you i don't agree with them because the word vision there you can search it out and you can study it out and it gets to revelation okay now i've got goosebumps because it is a revelation that people will see And the revelation of Jesus Christ 
will activate people who are already running and doing things for God, and it will activate those who are not yet running because now they have a revelation of who Christ is, and now they will go out into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So you can study it out there, and you can look at it from the NIV, which I don't use often, but I'll use it today. It says, Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation. You can study it out for yourself. I know it's not on the, on the screen, but you all have Bibles. Write down what? The revelation. So we're in Habakkuk. Habakkuk is a prophet. So what are the prophets prophesying? They're prophesying the coming Christ. So write down the revelation so that those who read it may be able to run. And it says, make it plain, make it simple, make it of easy understanding, so that not the Pharisees understand it, but the shepherds, the fishermen. Make it easy. Why Jesus said, the kingdom is for people as children. Make it easy. Don't overcomplicate it with religion and do's and don'ts and rules. Make it easy. Why? Because it, the revelation awaits an appointed time. What is the appointed time? It's the birth of Christ. So this is where I realized, okay, I'm not preparing my message for next year. I'm preparing a Christmas message. Because the revelation, the vision, what we've seen is for an appointed time. But guess what? You and I, where we are, we are not looking forward to when Christ is going to come. We need a revelation of what has happened when Christ did come and when He did die and did rise again and ascended and are into heaven. So I realized a lot of Christians are camping at the cross. They're seated at the foot of the cross. But that's Easter. And now over Christmas time I've realized a lot of Christians are camping at the manger. So I'm asking you this morning, what is your revelation of Jesus? What is the Jesus that you are seeing, that you are beholding? If people ask you, who is Jesus, what are you telling them? Are you telling them it's a baby in a manger? Or do you tell them it's more than a manger? Are you telling them that there's a baby who came and, and stopped there? Or are you telling them the rest of the story? Yes, Christ did come as a baby. The Word became flesh so that He could be the once and for all sacrifice for all sins forever, according to Hebrews 10. So that He can be beating death, be risen, be ascended. And guess what? He didn't only ascend, but on Pentecost He poured out His Spirit so that now you and I can live and do what He did. Live as He has and do what He's done. That's the message. Jesus coming in a manger will not get people saved. That's why they'll celebrate it. The world will celebrate Christmas. But that's not what gets people saved. That's the start of the story. But we need to see who are Jesus for me. It's for an appointed time. It will prove to the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. The New Living Translation, verse 3 says, This vision, this revelation is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently for it. It will surely take place. It will not be delayed. If you and I read that verse, please don't wait for anything. You see, you need to rightly divide the word of truth. You read Habakkuk 2 verse 3 and you start waiting. You're missing it. 
because this was prophesying of a Christ to come. Now we say Christ has come, so there's nothing to wait, because Jesus himself said in Matthew 28, go. So you need to understand the Bible. You need to rightly divide the word of truth. Yes, there was an appointed time when people had to wait, but now we run. Amen? So if you're running, run faster. If you're not running, come with us. Amen? Come on this race, which we call life, and let's run together. This is for those who are not yet running and for those who are running. Make it clear. It's like a big banner on the highway. If you go in a, in a traffic jam, you can see it. And if you go at 120, you can still see it. That's a good design, by the way. I know this card is a little small. Okay. I want you to sit down and read and focus <laughs> and think about it. What is Jesus for you? What is your vision? What is the revelation that you are seeing for Jesus in you. What is this all about? So, what do you see is my question this morning. What do you see on Christmas? What do you see? What is your vision? What is your revelation? And then what are you doing with it? What is it that Jesus is for you? Now I'm going to give you some scripture to help you. Um, and, and, and I want to share with you how I see it. Now Habakkuk 2 and verse 3 is where we stopped. Just if you're not sure if I smoked my Christmas socks this morning, let's read verse 4. Verse 4 says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. What is the prophecy about? It's about the just and the justified who lives by if you have a Bible and you're circling things in your Bible, sorry, sound team, I kicked the receiver. It's not even your faith. It's His faith. Now you hear the message, His faith is now activated in your heart, and you take that faith and you believe in the message that you've heard, and you're born again, and you are fulfilling why Jesus came. If people don't get born again, Jesus didn't come, the fact that Jesus came doesn't help. Because He didn't come to set them free from the Romans, did He? He came to set us all free from eternal death. Don't look so worried, it's good news. There's more than a manger. Amen? What do you see this Christmas? Do you see the just living by faith? Remember, Habakkuk 2 it's law, it's religion, it's sacrifice, it's looking for the spotless lamb. Now he says, guys, this, well, there's something better. The just will live by his faith. What's the just? The justified, the righteous, the uncondemned, the free, the guiltless, the innocent. That's who we are. Okay. Now, what do you see this Christmas? What, 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 what's the revelation? What are you beholding? What's your vision of Jesus? So we're going from Habakkuk to Hebrews. Anyone with me? From Habakkuk to Hebrews. Okay? Usually I take my Bible and I say, this is Habakkuk and this is Hebrews. It's about that. But for time's sake, I'm not going to do it now. Okay. Hebrews 12 and verse 1. Hebrews 12 and verse 1 says, Wherefore, seeing. Handbrake. Seeing. And then they... Translation on the screen doesn't help me. <laughs> the King James says, Wherefore, seeing. What are you seeing? 
We are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Habakkuk said, read, see the vision, find the revelation, and start running. Now Hebrews says, let us see and let us run. I was amazed when I saw how these two came together. It was amazing. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Still with this running thing. Amen? Why do we run? Well, Habakkuk said we run because we have a revelation. We run because we have a vision. We run because we've seen something. Now look at the verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. So run looking unto Jesus. Guess where the writer of Hebrews came up with this idea? He knew the prophet Habakkuk. He says, make a vision, get a revelation, and run. Now he says, run, and while you're running, don't look away. That's what Peter did on the water. He looked to Jesus, he walked on water, and he looked away. The writer of Hebrews says, guys, when you're running, keep on looking. Keep on seeing. Keep on envisioning, and you will keep on running. The world says, religion says, keep on running. Grace says, keep on looking. Keep on beholding. Keep on seeing. Keep on enjoying and getting revelations of who Jesus is and who Christ is in you. And then your vision is going to cause you to run. He is the author and finisher of our faith. Where does he come up with that idea? The just shall live by his faith. You see, the Bible is really amazing. It's really so condensed. Endured the cross, despising the shame. Why? For the joy that was set before him. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him. What are you considering this Christmas? I remember when my brother wanted a Sky Electric. You know what that is. I don't know if they even do it anymore. Probably just on iPads or whatever. And my cousin also wanted a Sky Electric. And you know, the one cat's father gave a different Sky Electric than the other cat's father. And that was the day my dad had to go sit down with my brother and tell him who Cash Father really is because he had to consider something else. We have to consider Christ. What are you considering? Are you considering the gifts that you didn't get last night? Or are you considering that someone else got something better than you? Or are you considering that the, 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 um, the gammon was a little dry? Or are you considering Christ? Are you considering Him? Are you looking unto Him, the author and the finisher of our faith? Because you see, the flesh so easily deceives us, distracts us. The flesh so easily makes Christmas what Christmas is never supposed to be. And I want to go a step further, and now I'm going into, into deep waters. The flesh of Christ is very often distracting the church. From stepping into the fullness of who God is in you and through you. If you see Jesus in the manger, you're missing out. If you see Jesus on the cross, you're missing out. If you see Jesus next to the beach cooking fish, you're missing out. We are locked into the flesh because that's what you can see, touch, feel, hear, understand. But we are supposed to live for more. We are supposed to step into the faith, not the sea. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
we live and we move because the things unseen have created the things seen. So, what are you seeing? What is the Jesus that you are beholding? And how is that working for you? That's the important question. How is that working for you? Do you think ministry is for other people? Missionaries, ministers, duemnis. You, you put some money in the bucket and they'll do the work. Then you're missing out. Because it is in living in your purpose that really fulfillment is found. And in Ecclesiastes 3.11, the Bible so clearly and beautifully states that eternity is in the hearts of men. Men and women. Remember King James, when you read men, you can read people often. Eternity. So unless you are stepping into eternity, you're missing out. So on Christmas Day, I'm asking you, are you seeing Jesus in eternity or are you seeing Jesus in a manger? Because when you see Christ for the eternal King, you're going to have much more activated faith than you just see a baby in a manger. Are you seeing Jesus in the flesh, the incarnate? Or are you seeing the risen King at the right hand of the Father now living in you and wanting to live through you? 2 Corinthians 5.16 backs me up. So hold your stones. Wherefore, henceforth, know, the word know there is regard. Okay? It is consider, it is, it, how do we relate to? No man, how? After or according to the flesh, the carnal, what you can touch, what you can see, the heartbeat, the, 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 the man, the, the, the Adam, the first Adam. He says we should regard no one according to that. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, or according to the flesh, where did we get to know Christ according to the flesh? From Bethlehem all the way to, I'm checking if you know your geography, all the way to Jerusalem. And then back into Galilee, because in Galilee he was risen up from the mountain. So there was a time frame of 33 and around years, maybe a bit, that Christ was in the flesh. But for all of eternity, outside of that window, Christ is not in the flesh. So what Jesus are you beholding? I'm not belittling the fact that He had to come in the flesh. That's a whole different message. Come back for Easter. And we'll share on that. I am asking you, are you seeing Jesus where He is today? In the Old Testament, they saw Jesus for who He's going to be. In the New Testament, we can see Jesus for who He is. But we should be careful not to be distracted with who Jesus was. The word here clearly says that we should have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we Him thus no more. No more how? No more according to the flesh. That's why I love the book of John. The book of John gives you the story of Jesus in the flesh, but it picks it up in Genesis. He links it all the way to Revelation. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In, 1 John, in John 1.14 it says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So he, he gives you the story with the interpretation. Well, if you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke, they have their place, definitely. But that's only eyewitness accounts. It's only what we've seen. There's no spiritual reference or revelation in there. Okay? There's doctrine. There's Jesus speaking. It's all good stuff. 
but we should see what Jesus came for. Not only who Jesus was while he walked the earth in the streets of Galilee and Jerusalem. I guess you've never heard a message like this on Christmas, so I'm sorry. <laughs> okay? But I want you to have active faith. I want you to have eternal hope. I want you to celebrate Jesus not just on Christmas Day, but every day. I want you to tell the world the really good news, the true news, the good news, the gospel that will lead them unto salvation, which is Christ wants to live in you and Christ wants to live through you. And that is the mystery that was hidden from ages and generations, but has now been revealed. And it is the glory of God for him not to live in a manger, not to walk the streets of Nazareth, not to be on a cross, not to be in a tomb, but to be in you. And that is the story of the gospel. And that is what changes the world. Christmas markets and Jesus in a manger has not changed anyone. We need to step into more. We need to stop playing Christianity. Christmas time is a safe time to play Christianity. We're not playing Christianity. We're living the eternal life. We have a king. He was a baby. He is thus no more. He is the spirit of God. And we are one with him. Amen. What is the Jesus that you are beholding? What is the Jesus that you are seeing? Listen to the New Living Translation. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know Him now. How do you know Jesus? Who is Jesus for you? And how is it working for you on this Christmas day? Let's take a, a step back and read verse 14. It says, either way, Christ's love controls us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who was died and was raised for them. The problem is, let's say one of the problems of seeing Jesus in the flesh, is that you end up seeing yourself in the flesh. Because I'm going to say a big statement now, you will never live more kingdom than your revelation of Jesus allows. You can never exceed your life. Your life can never exceed. Your purpose, your ministry, your mission can never exceed, can never go further than the revelation you have of Christ because Christ is your message. Christ is your purpose. Christ is your ministry. So if you see Jesus in the flesh, then you're going to minister to people according to the flesh. If you see Jesus at the right hand of the Father, you're going to minister as God is at the right hand of the Father, but He is there, but not only there. If you see Jesus in you, you are not going to see yourself according to the flesh. You are going to live according to and as if Christ is in you. And who, who, who agrees with me that that's what the world needs? We can't play this game anymore. I had this conversation with someone at work and um, I think my sister also shared with me a link of a news article that said Christian or Christianity is now the minority or a minority, must be a minority now, unless you have two parties then it can be the, the minority. It's a minority 
religion in, I think, Wales and Britain. And some bishops said, well, they're not really bothered so much because they'll always be there for people in a time of hope or to be a beacon of, of light and hope. And, I mean, that's a good answer, but I can't abide by that. But what I said to this person, I said, it depends on how you look at it. It depends on what your definition of a Christian is. If, if we say in Wales and England and probably in South Africa, fewer people are going to church, that's a statement that does not equate to fewer people are Christian. And I said to this person, what I like about our current world, it's a lot I don't like, but one thing I do like is people have stopped playing Christianity, playing church. It's no longer cultural. It's no longer where you should be on a Sunday. You should be seen. Otherwise, the Afro on Monday is going to ask you where you were. So those who go, those who live this life are serious. And those who don't, for us who are serious, they have a clear target on their back. Because they're no longer sitting next to me on a Sunday, so I know they need Jesus. So it's not this meek and mild, mellow, am I in, am I out, do I go to church? No, what is a Christian? A Christian is someone who believes that Jesus came, that He died, that He rose again, that He is now Lord of their life, and that He wants to live in them and through them through the power of the Holy Ghost. But you see, sin, sin really is no longer the issue if you live that life. Because your purpose and my purpose is not to overcome sin. Because then we're taking away the purpose of what Jesus did on the cross. And if you live to only live a sinless life, you're very selfish and self-centered. That's a, a Christmas present for you. Amen? All the way, signed with love by your pastor. We are called to go into the world. Therefore, Hebrews says, lay, away, lay aside the sin. Stop sinning and forget about it. So we can run the race. So we can get on with getting more people into the kingdom. Amen? Hope that helps someone this morning. Either way, Christ's love controls us. He died for everyone so that those who receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was risen for them. So that was 14, 15. 16 says, we regard Christ not according to the flesh. 17 speaks about the new creation, that we are now all new in Christ. And then verse 18, and this is where I end, says, and all of this is a gift from God. So there's your Christmas present on Christmas Day of 2022. Stop seeing Christ in the flesh and regard Him as the spiritual, powerful, eternal King who has come in the flesh, has laid down His life, was the sinless, spotless sacrifice for all sin, for all time, for all eternity. But guess what? Everyone doesn't know about it, one. And secondly, everyone who's heard about it hasn't accepted it. So there's the finished work of Jesus, but you and I are called to live out the unfinished work of Jesus, which is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And what a better day. There's no better day than to start on Christmas Day. Amen? So that family you invited who didn't come this morning, I hope you see them over lunch and I hope you share with them a little bit of what you heard this morning and a little bit of what God has done in you. But guess what? You need to see it for you. Who is Jesus in your life, in your heart? What is your revelation? This is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ.
And God has given us this task of reconciling people to Him. That is our task. That is our mission. That is our purpose. That is our privilege. What is your Christmas message? What is your vision of Jesus? Verse 19. To know that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto Himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and has committed unto us this word of reconciliation. So we celebrate Christmas, but we celebrate it for all it is. We don't stop in the manger. We go all the way into the throne room of heaven where the Spirit is poured out. What was prophesied came into being so that what was prophesied as the rest of the story unto the fulfillment of all things is also on this journey of truth. I'm asking you again, what is your revelation of Jesus and how is it working for you on this Christmas day and the rest of your life? We'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to connect with us or if you'd like us to pray with you, please contact us at info at gracelife.co. If you'd like to order more resources or discover more about us, you can visit our website at www.gracelife.co or find us on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube.